In the late 1970s, adventurers and fortune seekers from across the country made their way to the banks of two rivers in the remotest part of western Brazil. Within a couple of years, several makeshift towns had arisen close to the Madeira and the Mamoré at the very edge of the Amazonian province of Rondônia. Accommodating at their peak roughly 20,000 people, almost all men, these settlements were barely distinguishable from the towns of the American West that had grown up alongside the railroad a century earlier. Noisy, chaotic, raucous and muddy, they were made up almost exclusively of small enterprises, selling anything the men would buy, beer and spirits, dry goods, wet goods, food and clothes, but the busiest establishments had only one purpose, to buy and sell gold. These so-called cujutelas were lawless places, improvised banking facilities jostled with peripatetic brothels whose women and pimps would move on from one pop-up town to the next, depending on where business was best. Brawls, shootouts, theft and chicanery in various forms were daily hazards, as if working long hours on and around the rivers and their banks wasn't tough enough. The amount of money spent by these hard-bitten customers in their mud-soaked clothes would naturally depend on how much gold they had found that week, as they spent their days trawling, dredging and diving. For over a decade, this part of western Brazil was home to one of the biggest garimpos the country had ever seen. These open-cast or alluvial mines had been a Brazilian tradition ever since the Bandeiranches, the pioneers of the interior, had struck gold during the 1690s in what later became the prosaically named state of Minas Gerais, or General Mines. As explorers discovered more of the country, revealing wondrous mineral troves, the poor, the desperate, the chancers and the cunning, collectively the Garimpeiros, would gather, convinced that this time they would emerge with fabulous riches. Some certainly did, but many risked death and terrible injury for little return. The minerals of Minas Gerais were just a few days' march from Rio de Janeiro and São Paulo. For centuries the Amazon's riches, located in inhospitable or inaccessible terrain, weeks away from the coastal centres, were out of reach of the Garimpeiros. But in 1966, Brazil's military rulers announced their plans for opening up the country's final frontier in a program dubbed Operação Amazonia. With the fervor of the Castilian conquistadors who had set out to find El Dorado in the late 15th century, the generals launched an ambitious plan of road-building. Within a decade, tarmac would be crisscrossing the Amazonian jungle, covering thousands upon thousands of miles. The aim was to subject the Amazon to a period of intense economic development, unlocking the rainforest's astonishing stores of natural resources. The generals also hoped this would alleviate, if not solve, the problem of homelessness in the northeast and the south by taking the people without land to the land without people. The roads enabled men, machines and raw building materials to reach a stretch of the Madeira and Mamoré river system that ran for some 400 kilometres. The latter flows into the former. In any other country after this confluence, the giant Madeira would be the king of rivers, but in Brazil it is a mere tributary feeding the mighty Amazon itself. The sources of both the Madeira and the Mamoré are high in the Bolivian Andes, 
As the waters tumble down to Brazil, they drag with them rich deposits of minerals. In the summer, between November and March, the thawing Andean snow combines with the tropical rainfall to swell the rivers. Their banks burst and flood the jungle for many kilometres in both directions. The riparian settlements must disperse until the waters sink down again with the onset of winter. Over thousands of years, these natural processes have deposited large amounts of gold on the riverbed. For centuries, it lay there unnoticed and untouched. Once its presence was confirmed in the early...